The Spanish Announce Table. It is episode 414 of the Spanish Announce Table. Uh, it is Christmas time. It is the 22nd of December as we record this live on Thursday night. Dynamite was last night. We're going to talk all about that. We are going to talk about some big AEW news. Backstage, behind the curtain, behind the camera news. And then, as we do every year, about this time, right before Christmas, we do what all good boys and girls should do. And that is uh, give Santa their wish list, right? Our little wrestling wish list. Now, I want to correct you on a fact real mm. quick. We are... Technically talking about backstage news. However, we will be talking about it in regards to it will affect the on-screen presentation. So I know what we said with our proclamation. We're still living by it. But this is not from the dirt sheets, which I can go on a quick. I won't. But um, this is like legit news. Legit news that was said from the source. It was in an interview. The source said the news so it's not secondhand or anything like mm-hmm. that so yeah i would also like to uh point out to everybody uh last week once again we'd like to thank jeffrey todd for being our slater gator beer sponsor of the week and this week's beer sponsor of the week is fucking nobody well for me it's jeffrey todd again oh, it's still hey, jeffrey todd, todd. <laughs> all right yeah see like residuals right <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he's still a great guy i still hear i still heard he like hey helps old ladies across the street i heard like he's still yeah he teaches little kids how to play catch he always knows how to make the printer work when it's acting up you know what i mean like he's the guy knows how to come over and push the right button i'll tell you about printers he's the one guy that can teach your grandparents how to use a printer and then your kids how to use a printer because a printer is for a specific age group (laughs) that's crazy so if you'd like to support us be the beer sponsor of the week you can donate to us on paypal there's a link on spanishdownstable.net we have a cash app it's simple, Spanish Announce Table. You can always donate to that. Uh, or you can go to ProWrestlingTees.com slash Spanish Announce Table and pick you up a shirt. 20 bucks plus shipping and handling. Uh, you know, and you can you can customize it, right? I got the thick cotton tee because I like some thick, you know what I'm saying? And so, uh, you know, like just you, you do whatever you want with it, right? Maybe you want to use it as a, a wash rag. I don't give a shit. If you buy it, do whatever the fuck you want with it, right? Do Tom, whatever you want. With just it. like we do whatever the fuck we want with this show. And we, what we want to do is talk about AEW. It's so fun. Last night's show was just, I, I can't describe it any better than that. It's fun. It's very fun. Uh, and last night's episode was also a fun one. Sometimes they can get a little, you know, this way or that way. Uh, but generally speaking, it's a solid, to use a sports term, it's a solid double every time. Sometimes Absolutely. it's home runs. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's Grand Slam. Sometimes the Grand Slam happens on a show called AEW Grand Slam. But last night's show was super solid. And it started off with Ricky Starks coming down. He cuts a promo. Now, one thing I want to start off with asking you is typically AEW programming starts with a match right off the jump. It'll start with FTR versus the young bucks or whatever it is. Like the big match, the elite versus death triangle, the ass boys. Right. But we started with a promo. How do you feel about the promo kicking off the show? It, I think if the promo kicks off the show, it's gotta be good. Right. Mm -hmm. Can't lull you to sleep. And this one did not. And that was the big question. All right, what do you do with Ricky Starks? I, I don't think anybody thought we're going to do the WWE run it back for three pay-per-view events 
Ricky Starks versus MJF, right? I thought right. we all thought this was one and done. So what does Ricky Starks do next? And I gotta say, I know we've said Jericho, get off my screen, but man, this mm-hmm. feels like a great fit, right? Like especially if Jericho does the deed at the end, but it's the it's somebody in the main event who's kind of not doing something right now. They can go back and forth with Ricky Starks, have some mm-hmm. henchmen, make Ricky Starks look like a tough bastard when he knocks three or four dudes out, right? But just succumbs to the overwhelming numbers a lot and finally gets his his overcoming over a legend like Jericho. I, I don't know who else you might have pegged for that. So I think I won't hate this as long as it doesn't go too long, and I think it's it's what you asked for. you got to come out the gate and have Ricky Starks hit it again, right? You can't just let him fade into the background, so... I would give them a solid B plus on this here. So yeah, let's back up. So Ricky Starks comes out for a promo and the first thing he says is, Hey, I lost AEW championship, Mm -hmm. uh, but Max, you obviously cheated. I at least can look at myself. I am a man. I did it the honorable way. If I'm going to lose, I'm going to lose on my own accord, not by doing it the, you know, dirty. I'm a loser, but I did it like a man. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Then that is when, as you mentioned, Chris Jericho and uh, Daniel Garcia and Sammy Guevara come out and they actually give him a compliment. They said, hey, you're not a dollar store rock. You're actually a, a future. So you're a million AEW dollar champion. You're a million yeah, dollar star. Whatever it is. Yeah. And he goes, you're so good. You should join the Jericho Appreciation Society. And Ricky Starks, which this was a night of one liners. I think we have some sound. We could have cut sound from almost every segment. In this segment, we got the one-liners of Ricky Starks calling Chris Jericho uh, an air fryer. So he was built like an air fryer. fryer. Yep. And then saying he looked like uh, a single dad on his fifth divorce, which he loves. Yeah. He said, I personally love it, by the way. Yeah. I love it. We don't have sounds of this one, but we do have a tweet the table about it. And it's from at Brian underscore J underscore Bay Bay. He says, JAS is now known as jassholes to go along with roosh bags aew is full of fun names now hashtag tweet the table and yeah that's that's what he hit him with right was the jassholes yeah so this is where you had mentioned hey this is a good spot for chris jericho because chris jericho can give a little bit of a more shining light to um he can roll with these punches Right. Right. And he can give more light to a mid card guy, which let's be honest with it. uh, Ricky Starks, I would say, and this isn't on my Christmas wish list, which we'll do later in the show. One wish that I have is that Chris Jericho moves into more of a manager role. Mm, Yeah. Where he could easily do this spot here, but then say, so next week it's you and Daniel Garcia because Daniel Garcia and Ricky Starks is a match I want to watch or Ricky Starks and Sammy Guevara yeah. is a match. I want to watch way more. There was a time than dinosaur Jericho where I don't remember. I mean, this was like maybe, you know, right prior to the cusp of the Monday night wars. I feel like where Ric Flair might've been hurt or something, but he was kind of the pseudo manager for the four horsemen at the time. Right? Like, I mean, he's four horsemen, but there was like four dudes and Ric Flair doing the talking for all of them for a short period of time. And that's kind of what that could feel like, right? Like where Chris Jericho could get in there, do a match, right? Mm-hmm. But like the group is these guys and he's trying to get over, you know what I mean? Like he's he's pushing Sammy Guevara, right, in this spot. Right. And he's trying to show Sammy Guevara how to be the rock star that, that he was. Yeah, is. I think I think another one 
uh, later on in Nitro's life is when um, uh, Arn Anderson had to retire because of his neck injury, but he was still in the four horsemen. Yes. And so he would say, hey, it, fill in the blank. It's you versus Dean Malenko. So right. yeah, maybe that's the role that I'm talking about with Jericho. Because again, Jericho's fine. And last week he lost to Action Andretti, which was good. But again, I think we kind of talked about it. It could have been any yeah. hot guy. MJF I, losing is the same result as Chris Jericho losing. Yeah, in that this spot. is better if like if if they're trying to push Sammy Guevara, but Chris Jericho's doing the talking against uh, Ricky, Starks, Ricky Starks. But we get an occasional. Ricky Starks and and find a partner goes against Sammy and Chris Jericho for right. tonight, but the feud is Sammy yeah, exactly. versus yeah. So uh, hopefully we get that, but we'll, what we actually got is but we absolute, won't <laughs> yeah absolute Ricky Starks uh, proposes a singles match against Chris Jericho for the January fourth show, uh, and it seemed like he accepted that, and then Jericho said, "Man, didn't join JS." What a bad decision. Uh, oh, and that was honestly done. a great line because like he, you know, Ricky Starks gives him the whole rundown, talk shit the whole time. And he's like, no, thanks, but whatever. I'm, I'm, you know, I don't hang with nerds and all of that. Like he goes on like a four minute diatribe and Jericho's just like, boy, that was the wrong answer. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, just like, well, you sure said a lot to say the wrong shit. Yeah. So I like that. And Less is more with Jericho, right? Yeah. Well, and less is more with the guy who attacked him. Jake Hager oh, came out God. with his hat. Uh, and then, Hey, Garcia here's a key came... problem with Jericho in this age and why, why we think he's out of touch. Right. The, when we said Jake Hager, I, the, I like this hat. That thing's great. Right. We were like, that's great. That's all he said now for the last six weeks is I like this hat. He didn't find a hey. news, anything. No, no, no. They fucking no, no. hammer. I no, like no, no, the hat. No. I don't care. <laughs> just have him say one thing. I don't care what the one thing is. Just say it. If he has to say something, just say one Jesus. thing. Well, but it's the same thing with uh fucking um, who's the one who who's I'm, I'm I'll choke you out. What the fuck's her name? I'm I'm drawing oh, a blank Anna right JS. now. Yeah, that's the only thing she says anymore. It was like ah, because you said one cool thing doesn't make you like off the cuff and zany. Like come up with new shit, man. Like you don't yeah. just uh. But still, it's fine. You're not Enzo. They... <laughs> oh, good guy, that. That poor homeless man. Um, <laughs> well, he's so, a Bills fan, so you know he's got to so probably JS, rob the bank. <laughs> so JS is beating up uh, Ricky Starks here, and <laughs> guess who comes to his uh, rescue? It's Action Andretti. And look, that was fun last week. He got signed to AEW. That's really fun. We made a video. You can check it out on our YouTube. Exactly. But... In this segment, if I were to tell you who's the least experienced person in this whole thing, you easily could have identified fighting stance action Andretti. I mean, coming out looking like early Rocky Maivia, just like, well, yeah, hey, I'm here to fight. Yeah, I'm gonna help my friend. Here it is. And I was just like, okay. And maybe that's the charm, right? Maybe he is little one, two, three kid. So who knows? But a little engine like, that could. Exactly. So it kind of looked a little weird, but that's what we got. So Action Andretti uh, chases off JS. Ricky Starks comes up. They kind of have an agreement of thank you, thank you, all that kind of stuff. Uh, one thing I will say, we, we hit on this earlier in the year, but another thing that this just proves to me is this is the Ricky Starks we need. 
I, you know, we talked about how like Taz and Ricky Starks, even though both are really good, it just didn't mesh. Dolce and Gabbana and the Red Hook section of Brooklyn have nothing in common with each other. And so I felt like we were doing this FTW thing with Ricky and all of that. And maybe that's why his first impression wasn't necessarily the greatest is because he was miscast. This Ricky Starks, we run with this Ricky Starks. It's money. I yeah. like this Ricky oh, Starks yeah. so much. Yeah, yeah. All right. So then we get some in-ring action. We get match five of the best of seven death triangle taking on the elite death triangle is up in the series going into this match It is a no DQ match. Don Callis is on commentary. And, and I mean, this is pretty solid. Yeah. What do you think of the match? It's solid. And this is a, a great way to fit in all the Zane, right? We get these on holiday episodes in pro wrestling, right? Somebody's getting hit with a Christmas tree and we've got fake presents and we got an, an elf mm. and, and all that. And that's fine. But they work it into the normal storyline of like, well, hey, it's a no holds barred trios match. So we can just have all of this shit going on. And they did all the shit. And it was yeah, a great way to break up this series, I feel like, too. And one thing that I actually like, too, that caught me off guard in the moment, but then I realized, hey, there's no DQ, is they had, I believe, Pac in the corner and Omega hits him and the Young Bucks hit him. But then Nakazawa hits him and then Brandon Cutler hits him. And it was like, yeah, this is legal. And mm-hmm. then I thought to myself, well, hold on. Now you opened a little bit of Pandora's box because Get a anytime, <laughs> anytime there's a two count, Brandon Cutler can just spray him in the eyes and As then we're should. out of it. But luckily they didn't go down that yeah. route too much. They did have uh, Alex. I yep. can't remember his uh, apprehendus or yep. something. Nailed and um, Cutler have a stare down. So that was a cool wrinkle yep. in this feud. Mm-hmm. Cutler doing the dab. Yeah. Brother. I mean, th- this is how much more douchey can well, you get? Here's right? the thing that I got a question for, for you. Do you think he thought that was cool? Or do you think he's like, this will get heat? Uh, even better that we don't know, right? <laughs> like, <laughs> I think I think this is where, uh, this is where I think the silent charm of this group that we've slowly been more and more exposed to where we were like, these dorks suck. But as you watch them, you're like, all right, I get it. You know, <laughs> you're like, I get it. You're some yeah. fucking dorks, but I get it. Yeah, and they're doing more things in a tv time constraint because that was always my biggest criticism of the young bucks is of course you can have match of the year when you're the fucking promoter or the promoter's best friend and you get 42 minutes to do a fucking tag match the usos have to do their shit in 12 minutes and get out so like it's two different things you know what i'm saying uh so now they're doing more things like this where it's in a two segment type of match style and they are impressive they're still not my favorite. I will be honest with you, but I don't hate them. You're right. I don't, the, the nickname is gone for what I used to call them. Go listen to past episodes. Um, and Kenny Omega is again, a saint for saving a dog. Yeah. In a fist fight. Right. So the elite get the pinfall victory here. But the interesting thing I thought was the hammer or excuse me, Nick Jackson, who already had the bad ankle does a super kick and misses it goes into the chair. he, is injured for the remaining of the match. They end up getting the pinfall victory, but then Pac and uh, uh, Penta, they're like, no, we're going to beat their ass. And they just continue to beat them. Ray Phoenix still tries to be like, Hey guys, let's stop. 
But now they're even in more peril going into the next yeah. match because they're all busted up. Yeah, they they really put the boots to him too. Like it was and credit the announcers, they really kind of sold too, like, hey, 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 knock it off. You know what I mean? They were like, This sucks. What are you doing? Um yep. Yeah. Uh, you know, again, I think good way to not just end that match and then we'll be like, Okay, we've got Another match. It gives a little bit of stakes going into what should now be a regular match when we just had this big crazy. Well, I think it's an know. ODQ. Oh, is the next one an ODQ as well? Yeah, and then I think the seventh one is the ladder match. Oh, Jesus. All right. That's fucking crazy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they find so a way then, to keep you tuning in, right? It's not just like, right. well, let's see what happens in match six. There's a little yeah, bit exactly. more than just that. Yeah. And so now they go in uh, a little bit banged up against Death Triangle, who even though they lost, is a little bit more fresher of the two teams. Uh, after that, we go to backstage footage from last week from MJF, and he's cutting an angry promo on Brian Danielson. And he's telling uh, him and Ricky Starks that they both suck, and Brian Danielson's a shitty hipster. And uh, then he quotes the menu. Have you seen the menu, by the way? I have not seen it. <laughs> very good. Very funny. Very good. But he quotes... Uh, the menu by saying everybody wants to ride his wave to eat off his plate. Well, guess what? When it comes to the reign of terror, which that's not in there, but he adds that part, you'll eat less than you desire and more than you deserve. Pretty cool. Pretty current. Again, if you watch that movie, it caught my ear immediately. Um, so that was our MJF uh, appearance. He does make an appearance a little bit later on in the episode. Um, yeah. or no earlier in the episode when Ricky Starks was getting beat up, he was shown just smiling about the situation. Yeah. So how do you feel about MJF kind of post Ricky Starks going into Brian Danielson? I mean, I, I guess we expected it and it feels like, you know, they're rightfully not rushing into it because we're not getting it super immediately. So no need to have them squaring off in the ring promo battle every week right so a little little shot here back and forth will be fine and i thought this was okay this again was never this is not one that's going down in the mjf all-time great promos but this was serviceable well and it was really cool to go back to last week because the way we left last week was mjf running up the stairs you know a, a scolded champion from the big bad wolf which is yep. brian danielson pissed off that he hurt that MJF hurt William Regal. So I like that they followed up on it on this week's episode. Uh, we come back from commercial and then action and is being interviewed and he tries. He's fine. He does try. And 2.0 comes up. And if you recall, they were not a part of that beat down. So they're like, Hey man, you're doing well. Hey, you, we could even say maybe you're on a hot streak. And then uh, I believe it was a magic uh matt said yeah someone some could say you're on fire and then here comes the fireball to the face of action andretti and this one to its credit actually looked like it hit you know, yeah. sometimes they miss and you get the ultimate warrior hulk hogan where it's all bullshit this one actually looked pretty good action andretti goes blind what do you think interesting uh again it's Action Andretti and it's 2.0. So now do we have a, a partner for Action Andretti if they're going to continue that on? So I don't think it was 2.0 Action Andretti. I think it was Action Andretti doing the, hey, look over here. And then Chris Jericho doing the fuck you little guy. I'm getting one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Um, I, I, I did not put this on my dear Santa later, but I, I should have maybe. And I think I, I really want, I want to see 2.0 going up against the acclaim, like trying to take them titles down and see some of the, if you, if you uh, recall earlier this year, they were a team together. They were doing some, uh, eight man tags together. So maybe, I mean, God, can, I, God, just some of the, like the raps and then the, and then the promos back and forth. Oh gosh, that would be so well, fun. so fun. We'll get into it a little bit later because again, we're doing this chronological. But we're, we'll talk about uh, other tag teams trying raps. So maybe fucking not. Okay, so no, I don't uh, need two point to rap. But right, like, yeah, a, I'm just saying, yeah. Uh, I so don't know, Daddy to... Magic rapping about yeah. his nipples being hard. Come on nah, now, we're good. Come we're on good. now, we're good. <laughs> no, no, we're good. So uh, after the fireball, we go back into the ring and renee paquette is standing in the ring i could tell you how often i don't remember what happens after the fireball it's good that you're here to to run down what happened after the fireball usually after the fireball it's gone memories out so then brian danielson walks (laughs) i just wanted to let (laughs) you live there uh so Renee Paquette's out there, and she introduces her uh, good old friend from Talking Smack, Brian Danielson. And so yeah. we get a little throwback to, oh, look at that, they were friends. Isn't that cool? It yeah. is. Um, but then Brian Danielson cuts somewhat of a heartfelt promo in front of the crowd. Talks about how he uh, started his training in San Antonio with Shawn Michaels, wrestled in some bingo hall that was 10 minutes down the road, all this stuff. But then... He transitions that into, but where I really became a wrestler was when I met up with William Regal. So the other guys in Blackpool Combat Club may not feel the same way I do, but that's why I'm going to be next to William Regal, you know, ride or die. Before we go any farther, one thing, though, that I've observed, and maybe tell me what you think. I don't think Brian Danielson's in Blackpool Combat Club anymore. Is Blackpool Combat Club like? Well, so later on, so later on, just a little, not a spoiler, but later on when John Moxley's in action, uh, you get Claudio walking yeah. out with them. When Claudio has a match, you get Yuda walking out with them. Last week when Yuda and Claudio were wrestling, you had Moxley walking out with them. Danielson does nothing with these well, guys. But and, and now the name, it's Blackpool Combat Club named because of william regal so now is that let's just call it the combat club no i like blackpool combat club none of them guys are fucking from britain <laughs> like, fucking... who cares so like harlem heat was from houston yeah. <laughs> they weren't from harlem new sure, york yeah, I, so I, no i know well but that's different though but that's like that's a cave like this is like they acknowledge we're american but we're <laughs> i mean yeah. well claudio's not american i guess right yeah, but anyway, I, I just, yeah, it is interesting. I don't know where they're going with all that, and maybe we don't necessarily need an answer. It's just, I mean, it's kind of more real life, right? Like, hey, we don't really talk to that guy anymore. He's doing this fucking thing about William Regal and fuck Well, that he's guy. the connection between all three of them, right? So he still needs to be, even though he's no longer with them, he kind of rode off into the sunset, as we're supposed to believe. I still, look, I don't, we're good. We're not going to talk backstage well, stuff, but... He's the one that draws all three of them together. Because if you recall, the way they started was William Regal grabbing well, Moxley and grabbing Daniel. But I gotta think, I gotta think there is together. a reason, right? Because 
So what led us to saying we're not going to talk about this backstage thing is the William Regal saga of leaving. And they said, hey, you can go do be with his family. We just asked they didn't be on TV so we can resolve this storyline and be out. And so I got to think, like, if they're mentioning his name, they've got a resolution in mind. I just don't know what it is, because otherwise, why are we still fucking talking about William Regal, who's gone and is not coming back from what I understand? So, like, yeah. it just doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Also, we don't know. It also does point out where, again, people who are all, like, Team WWE or Team AEW, like, the companies clearly get along a little better than like <laughs> the fucking fans of them do, right? Like mm-hmm. they're they're amenable. You know what I mean? Like they 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 acknowledge each other's existence and and like like have even discussed matters before of like how to like, you know what I mean? Like trade-offs and work. So like just just calm down a little bit, but like what I yeah, this is interesting to me though. It's like it feels like we're not getting anywhere with mentioning William Regal. But I feel like by mentioning him, they've got to have an idea of doing something with the mention. So, no, I, I think it's just a way to explain why he's been missing. He was with William Regal, who was in yeah. the hospital. So that would be the reason why he ran sure. late into the last week's show. So you just think we never hear his mention again? Right. I don't think we're good because he quickly transitions into, Hey, I've been listening to everything you've been saying, MJF about me, about Regal, about all of this. So your, uh, your words have some consequences. So get your ass out here. Enter Stokely Hathaway and all ego, Ethan page. And another great one liner here. Uh. We'll get to it in a second, but uh, Ethan page essentially says, and logistically it makes sense uh or logically excuse me it makes sense hey i finished in the final two of the tournament to get a chance at the winner or a chance at the champion i finished in the final two of, well he kept asking uh, he said did brian danielson match? do that and stuck like and no he did not guy, yeah, right. and this fucking guy did none of this so none of that shit he get to cut the line very valid point and then stokely hathaway he's like hey your little, little vegetable was mentioned, I think, by Ethan Page. And then Stokely Hathaway's telling him to go shop at Trader Joe's and get all of his bullshit. All the while, the crowd is damn near drowning out Ethan Page with mm. shut the fuck up chance. So when it's Brian Danielson's turn to talk, he says, uh, hey, first off, Stokely, grow some hair, which mm-hmm. was kind of weak. Yeah. But then he's like, I couldn't hear you. Because of all the people kindly telling you to shut up. And then did you call me a vegetable? Yeah. (laughs) And then we get one of the lines of the year from Stokely Hathaway. You raggedy bitch. (laughs) You raggedy bitch. It was, it was said so almost like it wasn't meant to be said. Like you raggedy bitch. Yeah, it wasn't. He was, like, he was so like disappointed. A, he was like, "You raggedy yeah. bitch!" Well, like, because he, he went there. You know what I mean? Yeah. It was, you had to talk about my hair. You had to talk <laughs> about my hair, and it was just like you raggedy. And look at him; he's not deaf. Very raggedy. You know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> very raggedy. Very so raggedy. But just the tone, the 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 volume, the expression. I laughed so fucking hard when that happened. It caught me off guard. Well, because he said it twice, times. and Ethan yeah. Page is even like, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> the announcer started laughing after the second one. <laughs> it was just 
It was just perfect. You raggedy bitch. <laughs> just great. It was so good. <laughs> and so with that, they uh, kind of go into a uh, whatever, whatever kind of thing. And I think we're going to get all ego Ethan Page versus Brian Danielson next week. Or on the January 4th show. I can't remember when they said, but on one of them. So that was fun. Yeah. Then we get another banger of a promo backstage from John Moxley. This didn't have any one-liners. But logically, again, look, Hangman is my guy. One million percent. Right here. Look at this. Hangman, number one. He holds a championship in my household. Because he's the best. However, after John Moxley's promo, where he essentially says, I'm supposed to feel sorry for you. I'm supposed to feel what did you think would happen in a match with me? I'm violent. And I just thought it was great. Then he yeah. even cuts down on uh the top flight guy. Oh, you hurt your leg, then you got in a car wreck and you were out for that. Sounds like you're injury prone. That doesn't sound like toughness to me. Sounds like you're kind of weak. And I, I left it going like, fucking John Moxley. Everything he said man. was right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, first of all, Hangman holds championship in your household. Props for that. But I like that how you said that. Just made me envision that, like, if Hangman were to be disgraced someday, right? Like, we find out he was, like, you know, beating his kids or something. You'd just be like, nope, I got he's Somebody's going over tonight. Somebody's got to. <laughs> somebody's got to. And you'd, like, do the match. And you crown the you wanna, new champion. <laughs> yeah. If you want to know who my TNT champion is, it's Miro. Nice. Miro's still my TNT nice. champion. Nice. God, where is Miro? Uh, we'll talk about that Anyway, later. so, um, uh, but this here, yes. Moxley, just that. He's like, oh, sounds injury prone to me, right? Like, everything, Moxley's promos are great for this. It just feels like somebody saying, like, hey, cut the bullshit. You're a dork. You talk shit, but you don't back it up. Uh, here's how we settle this. We stop talking about it. We show up in the ring. I punch you in the face. I like that he went with, oh, I'm tired of everybody talking about the accident that happened. What did you think I was trying to do? <laughs> like, sorry. It just says yeah. you're not tough, right? Like, this wasn't, oh, poor Hangman. You just lost. <laughs> like, I, again, you're like, I mean, yeah. So what say you hangman right like that's what right. i'm left with and i love it i love it and, and and just the dynamic because again both guys are right in this situation hangman wants his revenge for what he did to his brain <laughs> you know like that that he wants to have yeah. moxley suffer consequences and moxley's like i love to fight so no problem here but yeah. also Stop bringing that up as the thing that makes you so mad. I was trying to do it. Yeah, it like an accident. I, hey, it might be worse next time, dork. Like, yeah. <laughs> careful what you wish for here. And we've seen the trials and tribulations of Hangman throughout AEW's history. So we know the ups and downs, and the downs get pretty fucking dark, but the highs become championships. And, you know, we'll see what happens, but I'm very interested in that. So after that, uh promo from john moxley who was later going up against darius martin that's who he was talking about who got in the wreck and had the leg injury uh but we come back from commercial and we have the king of television tim samoa joe cuts a promo wishing us all a happy holiday 
and wishes uh, Wardlow a happy holiday. But then says on the 28th, when we lock horns, holiday season's done, son. I'm going to beat the fuck out of you. Again, paraphrasing, he didn't say that. Although we did hear the fuck word. Uh, we'll talk about More that, on that later. Yeah. But what do you think about this Samoa Joe? I think of television. <laughs> great line. It's fucking great. I can't believe now, nobody's the, ever like yeah. used that before with the TV championship. Now, that's not the title they're going after. The TNT Correct. championship, you could say. Right, now, however, it's, TNT, it's Turner Network Television. That's what I'm saying. Right? You TV, could say yeah. it is because it stands for Turner Network Television. But well, he's the king of television because he's got both of these essentially TV titles, right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I'm interested in this. I will say, I know we're supposed to get heat on Joe because we all love mm. Joe, but now we're supposed to boo him. Uh, I think you're kind of almost burying Wardlow because he needs uh, something here, uh, right? Yeah, he's not hitting right now. He, well, he ain't doing much. Like, he didn't get a chance to retort in this segment or in this yeah. episode. Yeah. So, doesn't look great for you there, Wardlow, but on 28th, we'll see what happens. And we get back into the in-ring action, and we get one-way traffic. It is Exodus Prime, which, side note, badass name. Yeah. Exodus Prime sounds like the evil transformer that, like, fucks your daughter or something. Like, it's just crazy name. Takes on, though, the best pro wrestler alive. Hook! Hook! And Hook. I mean, like I said, one-way traffic. It is not hard for Hook to dispatch of Exodus Prime. He wins by submission. But then post-match, we see Stokely Hathaway again. And he's backstage with uh, Lee Moriarty and Big Bill and Big Bill, which I'm going to find a new name for him. I hate saying that, but just Morrissey uh, Morrissey. Now, again, it was in a dumpster, so there was probably padding and stuff, but the height that he got on Jungle Boy was impressive. So length, right? Like head to toe, Jungle Boy's shorter guy but there's not a lot of room for error of you might you know what i mean concussing hitting the side of that that uh you know dumpster wall ain't gonna be mm-hmm. fun or clipping the back of your achilles on that thing if you're going through ain't fun either so uh good on them for hitting that spot would look pretty clean and i i loved and they did this on wwe too with the bloodline but i love these moments of like chaos Somebody getting their ass beat in the background, just thrown wall to wall, and somebody else up front like, yeah, so anyway, this is, you know, we warned you, like, we were just going to come here and be, like, they're just calm up there and be like, so just fucking give us what we want, you know, like, shit like this ain't going to happen, right? Like, they're just, like, narrating what the fuck's going on. I always like those segments for whatever reason, just that kind of juxtaposition. So that was Mm -hmm. fun here. Stokely Hathaway, I think you mentioned this on Twitter. Man, hey, right now I'm still like, hey, turn it up. Let's get more. Let's find a way to, to throw him in there because just he brings the fire every time. Yeah, we need to have the firm gain some credibility by either winning championships or winning feuds. And then if that's happening, you can get not to the same level. Look, Paul Heyman has done 40 plus years in this business of ECW, WCW, WWE, Brock Lesnar. Now the like his body of work is off the charts. 
But what I'm saying is... He's got four decades on him. Yeah, but what I am saying is that vibe of, oh shit, Heyman has a microphone, I want to listen... I think we can get with Stokely Hathaway. Well, if we put we him have some credibility on so, so where Heyman was able to shine more is whether through his own, you know, behind the scenes selection or and politicking, when he's doing that for somebody, it's often not random mid carder who may or may not hit. I think mm-hmm. the only one that I remember not really hitting in recent memory with Paul Heyman is Cesaro when they tried that, yeah. right? Like mm-hmm. but before that you got to go back decades before you find yeah. one that missed with Heyman. So, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like let's let's get him with a Wardlow on a Wardlow heel turn or something, right? Like let's let's find a way to get him on somebody that maybe we can actually push up to a higher spot and Stokely Hathaway will entertain you with ease. 1 million percent. Totally agree. So let's get back into the in-ring action. We get that match that I mentioned earlier, Darius Martin versus John Moxley. Pretty good match. I always credit John Moxley for being able to adapt to any style, whether it's the Hangman, the Darius Martin, the Tanahashi, the CM Punk. I mean, he doesn't ever look out of place, and he didn't look out of place in this. He does get the victory. It wasn't necessarily the hardest fight in his life as a character, but yeah. uh, he gets the victory with the Death Rider. He does and- a good job of, maybe you said exactly this, but it's it's getting over on that guy, but also making that guy look credible, right? Like, yeah, he also like, does that as well. Yeah. He, he outclassed him, but he didn't like absolutely murder the guy. The guy gets in offense that shows like, Hey man, you keep working at this. You might have something, right? He does that very well. Yeah, I would. Yes. Especially with guys like uh top flight where he mm-hmm. can say, you know, most, but you're not there yeah, yet. Right. Um, so another level son. Yeah. Another level. So he gets a victory. We go to break. We come back, we get a vignette. The next chapter is revealed in the book of Hobbes. And Paras Hobbes talks about essentially his rough upbringing, talks about being shot, which I kind of want to be like, where? You move pretty pretty easy for being like, I know people who've been shot and they don't walk normal. Yeah. So, anyhow, I'm not calling bullshit. I'm just saying, like, yeah, I'm I'm not (laughs) calling bullshit, but I'm just saying, like, I, yeah, I've seen people who got shot and you don't kind of act like it, but anyway, uh, but he also talks about all the stuff. And now he says, essentially all of that pain, all of that torture that I experienced, I am going to unleash on, and this is where I think it missed you. And that's where we need to, this is why that trope has been used a million times, right? Tim, like a million times we've seen, you're going to feel my pain. Mommy and Whereas, daddy didn't love me, so I'm coming yeah. after all of you. And that's, look, you can have that mindset, but it needs to be directed at someone. That's what keeps me involved. I mentioned this, I think, last week or even the week before, but going into you know real sports, when a UFC fighter or any MMA fight uh, ends and the winner gets interviewed and they say, who do you want to fight? And he just says, anybody well i don't fucking care then but if you even call out i'm ranked 14th i want the 13th yeah. ranked guy because i think i'm better than him well now i'm so, gonna be like well let's make here's that. the reason let's you see. don't do that right you don't say anybody all takers is because you just completely took all of the actionable items off of you and now it only matters based on whoever the fuck answers that call right like right. you're no longer the interesting thing it's 
who's the brave one to answer that call? You're now the villain when you say yeah. that. You know what I mean? Well, who uh, oh, was uh, it was Alistair Black? Remember with the one who knocks? Yeah, it was just like fucking get out of the room. Well, and it was all reliant on who answered. And Cesaro answered, and we were kind of like, oh, okay, okay. It was fine. Because yeah. again, Cesaro's fine. But if that was John Cena that answered that call or whatever, we would have been like, oh shit, here we go, right? Yeah. So I want, look, I like that would have been weird if it was John Cena, but you know, well, it, <laughs> it would have been better than Cesaro. So. Yeah. Uh, I like Powerhouse Hobbs. Powerhouse Hobbs is one of my favorites. He's the guy that I keep an eye on as far as like the evolution of his career. I said this on our Twitter at Table Show uh, while I live tweet the the book of Hobbs. And all of that is fine. But for what got him over being in the snow with Ricky Starks wearing overalls with no shirt and a mink coat, I need a little bit more Wu-Tang. I need a little bit more uh, hip hop culture, you know, however you want to say it. I need more of that. Well, that's the thing is if you're alluding to this was my history then lean into what that trope is, I guess, right? Like that's if if you're saying like the average person who who boasts that, right? Like I came from the mean streets of Compton. Is that what he said? It's Compton, right? Sure. I don't know. Is that where he said he was? I think it was Compton. I don't fucking know. I'm sure we'll I get a, we'll, get a, we'll get somebody on the social media say, "Hey, idiots!" Fucking you know. But whatever. Sure. Uh, but from those areas, right, those those urban, like, rough gang-ridden areas generally are that, right? They're, they've got the swag, but they're also like, take no shit. I run mm-hmm. this thing. You do what I say, and this is how this party goes down, right? So that's a little more of what I need. Yeah, and just side note real quick is every state has a hood, yeah. okay? We just had a shooting at Trader Joe's that's 10 minutes away from me. So, like... Compton, Brooklyn, what it's all the fucking same. Yeah. And it's all fucking people that have no futures that want to fuck up your life. So right. shut up. Anyhow, yeah. that's just a side. Yeah, in any major um, city across America, there are places yeah. Exactly. They'll come tell you Paseo. like they'll tell you like, hey, if you come down here after sundown, yeah. That's on you, man. <laughs> like yeah. cops ain't coming here to save you. <laughs> so five blocks down, go to the Paseo. Mm-hmm. You won't want to go back there again. But anyhow, what I want more. And again, you could still call it the the Book of Hobbs. I don't necessarily hate that name. But what I don't necessarily like about the packaging of it is when he comes out for his matches and he's like Chris Masters with like the one knee down and then the like, look at how impressive I am. Yeah, I I would prefer just like some swagger, right? Just some like, like my, yeah, just the like, who's stopping me, right? The like, who's going to get in my way? I'm a powerhouse Come he, at you know, you know, uh, uh, a thing he could steal from that I don't think the younger generation would maybe pick up on. We would, and I think we would enjoy it. But be Debo from Friday, where you're just taking people's bicycles, you're taking people's that's lunch. Exactly. Money. Yes, that's exactly the packaging. Debo, right? Like yeah. just, just that. That's what I mean. Like coming around, being like, "Oh, what's going on? What do you guys got for powerhouse hops today?" They'll be mm-hmm. like, what? And be like, what do you got for powerhouse today? And they're like, your powerhouse. Be like, right. So what do you got for me? <laughs> right. And they're like, I I don't I like it's a nice watch, right? Like just I'm fucking you know what I mean? Like whatever, right? Like he's taking their food or whatever. Yeah. Like just a bully, essentially, because he can, right? 
because a bully that a bully that isn't a meathead right like ryback was a bully but ryback was but much more self-aware right yeah yeah ryback was protein powder and i can do more push-ups than you i want more like debo where it was like no no no. the watch is mine your necklace is mine Mm -hmm. because you know it is right thing where it's like he knows he's a bully but like it's like, he hey, look, this- we all know how this ends. So please don't yeah. like, like, why waste both of our time? Exactly. When, like, why make me beat you up and then take your lunch? Exactly. Because we know I'm gonna. Right. We know the ending. However, something that we don't know the ending of transition uh, is what's going to happen to FTR? Because we go back into the ring, ass boys, gun club, whatever the fuck you want to call them, takes on FTR. They didn't even call them the gun club. They were just the guns. They're just losing. That's fine. Yeah. Sure. That's fine. I don't care. That's probably better than gun club. Look, I'm reading, I'm reading uh, a recap and they're calling them ass boys here on cage side seats. They're calling them ass boys. So they're ass boys. Once Um, it was addressed ever as ass boys, like they had to know that's all, that's all they're ever going to be known as. Yeah. So the ass boys get the pinfall victory. What? Yeah. Yeah. Um This is this is now three in a row. Yeah. So they lost to the acclaimed, which is fine. They're the AW tag team champs. Okay. They lose to the Briscoes. It was a dog collar match. They just competed against the acclaimed. Yep. Might be one of the most brutal, like major company brutal. matches that were ever around. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they, you know, so okay. And it was kind of thrown on them last minute as far as storyline goes. Right. Then they lose to the ass boys. Yeah, they're losing to the to ass boys. Like- so it all depends on where we go from here, right? Do, do do FTR start going like, oh, man, what happened? We were on. And I mean, look, everything, everything that goes up must come down. So I, I know there's a lot of talk of, of shit offsite that we won't get into. So, what? I, well, they may be. They may be gone for a while. But really, <laughs> yeah, FTR, yeah. So anyway, well, you know, maybe we'll, we'll talk that amongst yourselves, but I, I, you don't even have to have that for this l- like string of losses to be a thing, right? It kind of makes sense. Hey, we've got all the belts of the world. Not everybody's Roman Reigns who wins three years in a row. You lose a couple, right? The Chiefs almost lost a couple, but they still win their games. But you know, it's, you know, but <laughs> oh, I, I made okay, Tom work. Quick side quest. FTR, <laughs> you're watching. Thank you so much, Cash and Dax. Yeah. Big fans, big fans of the Spanish announce table. And thank you so much. And Dax, I saw that you just started your own podcast. Congrats. If you want us on as guests, definitely we'll do it. But if we're flattered. Yeah. If you guys think Mm. that going back to Triple H WWE is the fucking answer, brothers, you're wrong. In fairness, it may not even be that. It may be like a, hey, uh, from what I've read, there may be, again, yeah, God damn it. We don't talk about this, Tom. Uh, okay, that's all I said. Yeah, yeah. Just, we'll, yeah, we'll talk about it. Don't go back to, don't go back w- to WWE, WWE, but I don't think maybe that's necessarily your worry, but you may not see them as often on AEW for a while, maybe. Well, that's fine. Right. That's fine. Just fucking all yeah. the shit you just did and yeah. you just want to throw it away. But I kind of almost like this, right? So if you're holding four belts and you're the like king shit and we've said it's, it's FTRs here, they're the greatest tag team in the world. Well then have a fall from grace. That's more cool than like, Oh, you lost one. And then you're still the coolest guys in the room. And then, Oh, you lost another one three months later. And then, Oh, you lost like, 
that kind of just peters out, and all of a sudden you look around and you go, oh, shit, didn't they have four titles at once? Like, this almost, well, so, you can build off of this better, I feel like. Yeah, and so my thought before I got that new information presented to me <laughs> was this was a fall from grace where they're going to go to New Japan and lose to the Aussie Open or whoever it mm -hmm. is, right? And then they go to AAA and maybe lose to the Lucha Bros. Uh, you got no belts. And then that's where, hey, 2022 was baby face ride and everything's great but we didn't accomplish everything doing things for you the fan and now we get back to ftr going we're fucking people up we don't give a shit about you no guess flips. what my daughter's not coming this week because she ain't gonna see the violence that's about to happen fuck that guy your team sucks your team sucks you're cool you suck and then we just get the heels yeah. of ftr get because you can only do the top guys and that's what i mean now so it's now of... it's top guys means you're on the fucking bottom the bottom of our fucking laces or bottom of our fucking soles of our boots right like all yeah. that shit you are fucking the bottom of everything we are fucking taking the top back now eh, will we see that i don't know or will we just see nothing i don't know either but uh ftr yeah losing to the ass boys i think was still a surprise even with that storyline because the ass boys i think oh. we've all said like whoa right they're not quite there yet look i don't think they're like terrible i mean the boys are not bad bad but like they're not beat ftr pinfall good right now so that was interesting yeah they ain't good like, let's be for real they ain't good they're they ass good. boys <laughs> yeah um but i will say it was shocking mm-hmm uh what was also shocking look at these transitions i'm doing yeah uh, what was also shocking is how fucking awful sanjay dutt is <laughs> at rapping good god my guy look i think you're fun when you do the pencil thing and you cut the promos you make me believe when you wear the big oversized hat down to the right you kind of look like what Ricky Starks yeah, But again, described. I think that was part of it, right? Like, he's, well, you're supposed to not like this. <laughs> well, but this wasn't like, I don't like it, like MJF, I don't like it. This was like, I don't like it, like, I don't like yeah. it. who's also in your Well, group. and I think, like, Taz Jeff even Jarrett. said, like, that was the most awkward rap I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> oh, just, and Jeff Jarrett is in there? Yeah. Fuck out of here. Jeff Jarrett looked like he belonged even less than, like, a, like, in a Florida Georgia line fucking Nelly thing, oh. like Jeff Jarrett wouldn't even belong in that, and he looked more out of place in this than he would have in that. <laughs> it's just it weird, was just awful. Oh god, it was bad. Um, when I like how Excalibur was like, "Look, I don't know what his day job is, but like, don't quit it." <laughs> yeah. And look, I don't know what's peeking behind the curtain. I don't know what's in the contracts of any of these people, but. If in the contract of any three of these guys, Jeff Jarrett, Jay Lethal, Sanjay Dutt, Satnam Singh is the other fourth guy, you know, is a title <laughs> shot. I think they're doing it Friday night, which they probably already recorded it. I don't think uh, Rampage is live this week, but like, that's it. We're not doing yeah. a rematch. You're Claim wins. Off. You guys are out. You go to ROH or some shit. 2.0 gets the next shot. You know who I want? Mm. Side note, just quick, just because I think it'd be mm. funny. I want best friends. Mm. Best friends and the That's acclaimed. a good one. That's a good one. 
because uh, we and I didn't put this in the notes and I didn't see it here either. But uh, they're talking about the three hundred thousand yeah. uh, dollar battle royal and the best friends cut their promo. Yeah. And Trenton's like, I'm going to buy my, uh, my mom a house. Mama, yeah. a house. And then Chuck says, I'm going to buy a chainsaw. Yeah. <laughs> and then Orange Cassidy goes, I want to buy Trent's mom mama a house. house. Well, I love how he just delivered that dead at like just dead. And they nobody reacted to it either. They just kind of kept the thing going. Shark loves yeah. chainsaws. Right. And he was like, and so next week, <laughs> like they just were like, yeah, that's normal. Yeah. And so the weirdness of the best friends with the fun one-liners of the acclaimed, I think would be great. But yeah. that's just a uh, – anyhow, get Jeff Jarrett and Jay Lethal and Sanjay Dutton. Please get Jeff Jarrett out. Dude, I get swear. out of here. Look, hey, look. Elon Musk shows the power of a poll. Let's put a poll out on Twitter, AEW. Who wants Jeff Jarrett to show his face ever again on AEW television? And you will be shocked at the results, Tony Khan. I know you're watching. Uh, mm-hmm. Just just try it. Just try it. Oh. Ask the folks on your Twitter if they would like to see Jeff Jarrett ever again. And I bet you'll get in the 60-plus percent or more <laughs> of a no 80. thanks. 80. No yeah, thanks. Probably, yeah. Now, if you did another poll... With the next guy that was in the ring, the transitions, Tom. I like it. Transitions, hundred percent of we want to see him come back. We had Tony Schiavone in the ring with Rick Ross. Ooh. and look, Rick Ross is weird. He's silly. <laughs> he has a conspiracy against almond milk, uh, which yeah. is weird in itself. His music was great in twenty ten, mm-hmm. and he's fine. Lost a lot of weight. Looks like it's coming back, but. You know, he is Rick Ross. But in this segment, I couldn't get enough of him. He comes out. He introduces Keith Lee. Keith Lee walks out. And then he's just ad-libbing, just bullshitting the entire time. Oh, I got the young legend coming out. And he's like, swerve, come on, get out here. No music hits. So then Rick Ross just buying time. He's buying time. Has an observation of Keith Lee. You're a big motherfucker. You're a big motherfucker. <laughs> he did. <laughs> You're a big motherfucker. And Keith Lee, I mean, immediately it's like, well, yes. <laughs> he just like looks and then he fucking goes over and he's like, Get this. Don't do it again. Uh, Tony Schiavone, too, same thing, was like, I mean, he's right. <laughs> but- he didn't say anything <laughs> offensive. Right? Like, he didn't say anything offensive. Oh, my God. I mean, God. look, if, if I'm being 100% honest, if I'm randomly standing next to Keith Lee, I might say exactly that. You a big motherfucker. <laughs> like, I mean, that's what you say when you're an off somebody's size. But, look at this guy. <laughs> yeah, the, the, the Rick Ross thing was fun because, like, it was kind of clear from the beginning, like, well, he's on Swerve's side. He was even kind of like throwing shade at, at Keith Lee the whole time. Well, and maybe, so let's talk about this segment. So the segment falls apart. It is not good in any regards, no. except Mm-mm. for Rick Ross is a fun psychopath. And let's just hear him stream of consciousness, put it on a CD. I'll buy that. Right. Like the CDs aren't real anymore, but you know He's yeah, like talking actually, over so he can yeah, get his line in. <laughs> yeah, he he's great. But this segment falls apart. So as we mentioned, uh, Rick Ross 
talking to Keith Lee, I think what the intent was, if everyone would have stayed on script, was Rick Ross is going to be out first with Keith Lee to say, hey, man, you need to make up with Swerve Strickland. And Keith Lee probably would go like, man, no, I'm not doing that. And then Rick Ross says, Swerve Strickland, come out here. I understand what Swerve Strickland was doing here. So Rick Ross says, Swerve, come out here. And nothing happens. No music hits. Nothing happens. And it's awkward. Then we get the line. Yeah. <laughs> and then he walks out. And he said, hey, I'm not on your time. And that right. makes sense, right? Like, you don't tell me when to walk out. I walk out when I want. Cool. You still needed music or something. But, but just walking out by yourself kind of th- that felt carrying something that you're not addressing yeah felt uncomfortable right then we get this broken segment of swerve saying half sentences of uh, you need to watch your back but and then we get uh dollar store brock lesnar walking in and he hits keith lee but keith lee as you mentioned off air when we were talking about this segment doesn't even go down and it's just like God dang it. Are you serious? All right. Well, and Parker Boudreaux is standing there like overacting like someone I haven't seen in fuck. Like, oh, I don't even know. He acts like he hit a 450 splash. Well, but he's just the, the, like the walking around like this bullshit and stuff like whoever told you that is what you're supposed to fucking look like. Nobody does that in real yeah. life. Even when you're enraged and ready to hit somebody, you're not like, like you just fucking knock it off, man. Like, just fucking be yourself. <laughs> like, I don't, I know. I don't, like it's really weird. So that one was throwing me off. And then well, kind of, he, he has the acting skills of Sasha Banks. He's the male Sasha Banks with his acting skills. It's fucking Sasha awful. Um, yeah. Horrible. It's, it's real bad. And so like, the, then the worst part, as, as you had kind of mentioned to me off air is, is so Keith Lee's like, all right, well, fuck you. Right. And does the Keith Lee thing to him and then gets attacked by, Tom fucking McDonald. Now, listen, I can unequivocally say I've already seen more Tom McDonald in AEW than I ever want to see ever again. So, like, I, I wait hope, a minute. Hold on. Uh, are you are you making up a name? Or is no, that his that's name? his fucking name. That's this guy's a fucking don't don't Google his music. Don't fucking. Oh, he's a musician. Oh, my God. Yeah. Fucking, he's terrible. He's not a tattoo artist? I no. thought he was a tattoo artist because of his face tattoo. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he's fucking little Takashi 6ix9ine wannabe over here. Like, th- this guy is not good. Hold we on. We want him around. Side note, side quest real quick. So, you have a... Does he go by a different name? Like, in his musical career? Or is does he go by Tom McDonald? Tom McDonald is his name, yeah. Like that's his. Well, but like when he puts out music, that Tom McDonald. So you have the name of a farmer, the look of a rapist, and your name is Tom McDonald. Like, bro, what? Um, and I didn't know that. What I didn't like. So I'm excited to learn about this guy after we're done recording. No, you're not. But uh, <laughs> I think I'm gonna be genuinely disappointed which is good right before christmas um but what i didn't like and, and oh hold on tony go hold ahead. on i'm looking online now because i'm fact checking which we normally don't okay. do we but don't. apparently this is a close look alike and it is not the actual tom mcdonald so oh, okay okay we are we are 
my worries have subsided a little bit. Okay. Okay. All right. Well, I will say he's physically impressive, right? Like if you saw him in an alley, you're going to, you know, fucking put your hands in a fist and like, God damn it, I'm probably going to have to punch this guy, right? Like, so he looks the part. Also, what I will say, so hold on, let me backtrack. Sorry. What I was going to say is the, the miss here, and Tony Khan has done this before, or whoever was the producer of the segment has done this before, and it's not good, but it's not more surprising or it's not more impactful when you have a surprise like you did with Darby Allen getting jumped by one of the uh, factory guys. And then another surprise happens. And that's what takes out the baby face. Just have either in Darby's case, have just Jeff Jarrett come out. Or in this case, just have both guys come out. The two guys would have been TV. right. Exactly. It was the awkwardness of after he took out Parker, Parker, you could see is like, selling to his credit but like but we instantly told you that parker pedro is not enough right he can't be keith lee but like he's selling but not getting closer to keith lee which is looking awkward and then keith lee doesn't attack sort of strickland he just does the like what 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 which makes him look like an idiot and then you got you know ass fake ass tom mcdonald (laughs) yeah running and hitting him and then we take him. tom mcnoddled Yeah, so just, it was it was clunky. Yeah, now, it was bad. With all that being said, a couple things that I saw online while I was live tweeting that's not backstage stuff. This is just observations I saw from other people. Wrestling fans, I, I've ranted about you a lot. Deservingly so. Some of you fucking suck. This is one thing, though, that I think maybe your racism is showing. Just because it's two white dudes with tattoos everywhere and a black guy doesn't mean they can't be an association or friends or like a yeah. group. Mm-hmm. When, when people are like aesthetically, they should be like, they should have got them a group like they did with uh, uh, Hit Row. And it's like, you mean black guys? Yeah. So you just want all the black guys to be with the black guys and the white guys to be with the like. That's not how the world works. Right. So two tatted up dudes and Swerve Strickland, who also has tattoos himself. So that could be the, the genesis of where their relationship started. Yeah. Can well, be honestly, this is why I thought it was Tom McDonald, because I knew of this white rapper, Tom McDonald with the face tattoos. It looks oh. exactly like this guy. And I was like, oh, that makes sense. He's probably friends with fucking Swerve Strickland. And I didn't realize. Right. So that's why I fucking put those two together incorrectly. Um, I'm, I'm actually really... I'm I'm honestly so much relieved that this is not Tom McDonald. <laughs> like now I want to know who this yeah. Tom McDonald oh, is. Oh, so bad. That. Oh, God. Yeah, yeah. it's so bad. Have yeah. fun Googling that. So, <laughs> so, but, okay, so we're mogul entertainment or whatever, but Rick Ross was then, like, like hyping it as we yeah. kind of can progress this. I, it was still yeah, so clunky, then, right? It was very clunky, but I will say the exclamation point was the highlight Maybe of the night. I mean, as far as big moment moves. Yeah. They put uh, they put Keith Lee over some steps. They trap him with putting his arms and extending them out. Then they put a cinder block on his chest. And then Swerve Strickland gets in the top rope and does a stomp through the cinder block onto Keith Lee's chest. Which I love. However, I just, we didn't need the gimmick cinder block to explode. Because it wouldn't have, right? Like, it well, wouldn't have done it. But, I mean, but it would have been damaging nonetheless to do yeah, it, right? But, but it's you know, fun. Yeah. Right. 
Oh it, yeah, it, no. You know it's something you've never seen before. Nobody yeah. cur- like curb stomped a fucking center block through a barrel chest before. So here yeah. we go. Yeah, it, it's one of those things that I excuse like in action movies. No one walks away from an exploding car, but it yeah. looks fucking cool. Right. So it was fine. Well, here too, um, like if they didn't gimmick it up, that might that that would probably really hurt. So it needed to yeah, exactly. explode from underneath them. So so totally right. fine with it. Right. Yeah. Definitely. It's like the beer bottle um, that breaks on the on the actor's head. Right. They don't do that. <laughs> like that which fucking happen. Quick side note. Completely unrelated, but made me think about this. Did you see Willie McGinnis, the former NFL player that played for the Patriots, got arrested for assault in a oh, restaurant? Oh, yeah, yeah, uh-huh, yeah. Did you see the video? No. Did he actually he do that? Took, yeah, so it was another guy that was beating the shit out of this one guy, and he started. He swung on the guy, missed, uh, and then his friend is beating up the guy. And then the guy's, like, on the ground trying to get up, and the guy is, like, hitting him on the back of his head. But then Willie McGinnis takes, a like, a – champagne or a beer bottle like this and is just clubbing them like over and over in the head just boom 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 and that fucking hurt it didn't break that's what made me think about it which is doom boom boom and oh yeah mcginnis is a big Swing that hollow player. bottle so that'll yeah. yeah oh anyhow that's what made me think about it um so yeah swerve strinkland stopped through the cinder block on keith Lee's chest and now we've got Swerve Moguls or something like so that. This kind of makes me feel like maybe Keith Lee's gone for a bit, right? Like to explain Possibly. why. And then Swerve and this mogul entertainment yeah, group, whatever. Yeah, it gets yeah. to go run amok for a while. I will also say, if you get a chance, go on AEW's uh, Instagram page. Is where I saw it. Could be on Twitter as well or Facebook. Uh, but I saw it on Instagram. Uh, check out Rick Ross's post-event promo oh, that he does so they're walking away and uh diamond say, you a big motherfucker well so he kind of <laughs> he get, almost got himself in trouble but luckily okay. he stopped himself uh diamond dallas page's daughter what's her name oh yeah lexi um, lexi something yeah lexi Nair, i think i think you're right um, nailed it she runs up and she's like hey hey what happened there what happened swerve shickland goes man that was limitless which is a dig right. at keith lee right but Rick Ross is like, I'm known for one thing and you know it. And he names three things, which that's not one thing. Anyhow. And then he's like, swerve moguls or whatever. But then as they're walking away, he just looks back and he's like, you're cute. I got the G-Wagon ready for you. And it's just like, bro, stop hitting on the girl. As you're walking Living that away. Ric Flair life, man. <laughs> <laughs> Anyhow, check it out. I think it was funny. Um, but yeah, so then we go to the commercial break. We come back, as we mentioned, uh, we do we do the promo with best friends Dark Order. Dark Order has their promo with Hangman Page there, and Dark Order even says like Hangman, we want to win this thing. Don't fuck it up for us, because you know who's there. And Hangman's like who? And they're like Moxley. And he's like oh and Friday. I didn't, <laughs> yeah, and I yeah he's like oh Friday. Oh yeah. okay, I'll make sure I'll be ready. And it's yeah. like Hangman. Like, you're gonna fuck this up for us, aren't you? Like, know it, but so get it. Yeah, I like uh, that. They they're good at those little like you know little tiny little things that lead to the next thing. They're, I like that. Yeah, because well, I think they're genuinely friends, and so they're just like, what would we do if this was a real situation? So I think yeah, it was perfect. Mm-hmm. And then Tim, it's right before the. Well, actually, let me correct myself. It is the main event. What the hell? This is cool. 
I was so genuinely shocked and surprised and thrilled that the AEW Women's World Championship match was our main event. Mm -hmm. And mother of fuck, this was a match, well, man. And this makes sense that this would be your main event, right? You have a current champion against, Was it? Is it your longest running AEW Women's Champion still? Sure. Maybe. I don't know. Like, yeah. number two, if not one, right? And right. And, and so, I, no other, like, title match was going on like that, right? That's so, what, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah. where That's where it made sense is, hey, you don't have another high-profile title match, so the title match should go on last. Like, again, to yeah. steal from the UFC, you may have two title matches. They'll be the last two. But if you don't have any other title matches, the title mm -hmm. match is your main event. So, and this was hard hitting. Now we've known Sheeta to be hard hitting. We've seen it. Oh, and, and Hater, Hater's whole persona is of that, right? Like I'm going to come in and knock your fucking head off. So this delivered on that front. Oh my god, in space. Tim. Tim, I'm hyperbole is used often in pro wrestling, and especially in podcasts, because we love the clicks. And please pay attention to us. We want your attention. Please eyeballs on us. Like and, and share, like and share, comment, yeah, whatever you Donate. want to do to this video, yeah. donate, whatever, right? And so I don't want to get too much prisoner of the moment. However, the 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 build, the upward crescendo to the finish was perfect. It was got your attention. We're fucking hitting each other. Boom, 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 boom. We're still doing big moves, but. We're building it up again, right? So we got your attention. You're hooked. Whoa. And then big moves, but nothing crazy, but big moves, big moves. Britt Baker gets involved. That gets a false finish. So then we're getting to where this is probably the finish. They ended the match as the crowd was chanting, this is awesome. Mm -hmm. That's how you fucking do it. Too often in pro wrestling, I don't know who it is, but like, they do the, this is awesome chant. And then they add nine more minutes and it's like bros, or in this case, girls, this was like, awesome. This was awesome. Nine. And this match right when you got it and like, you're into it and you're like, what the fuck? They even want more. And that's perfect. That like, I can't think of a, a match. And again, this isn't my favorite match. We're going to do our well, favorite matches true, next though. week. Yeah, yeah, it's not necessarily my favorite match of the year yeah, or anything like but that. But I think you're right. I don't know of a match that ended on the "This is Awesome" chance. It was perfect. Mm -hmm. Like when it ended, I almost started clapping. I was like, "That it's like a movie." Yeah. So like, now, though, if we ever get this rematch, like we're not going to be like, "Oh Jesus, what more could they do?" Right. Well, now we wanted more, and we, you know, got stopped yeah. right at, so, the, at the crescendo. So uh, Hikaru Shida ends up losing to Jamie Hader. Jamie Hader retains her championship after the match. DMD, I guess Team DMD, is that what we're calling? Sure. Uh, they're beating up Sheeta. Bitch, why'd you make me work so hard? And then Tony Storm, who we're told is still not medically cleared, runs down to make the save. Well, it's still three on two, so we're beating up on both of them. And then Soraya walks out. Yeah. She runs down, and she gives a good old sidekick to Britt Baker, and that's how we end the match. Or excuse me, that's how we end the show. I thought 
so hold on. I'll get your thoughts. What did you think of the the, the post match shenanigans? As <sighs> just unnecessary, I guess. I kind of felt like it kind of took away from what we just saw. Now, when they book that ahead of time, they don't know how this match is going to play out necessarily. Right. So I don't necessarily blame whoever like wrote the show for it. I would say in hindsight, it was kind of like ah, the the match was cooler than the post match, which usually you don't want to do. One thing that I would say is the criticism of AEW is they don't let enough things breathe to where after a match or whatever it is, you get the, oh my God, in this example, Tony Storm is not medically cleared after the pay-per-view. We got an, we got an interview on Rampage where she said, I broke my face and I'll break my face again to regain that championship. But it wasn't explicitly, and maybe this is my stupidity because I got the mind of a drunk baby, but like it wasn't explicitly told to me that Tony Storm is not medically cleared. So then if you don't tell that detail, Tony Storm running out isn't as impactful. If you tell me ahead of time, oh man, Tony Storm is wanting that rematch with Jamie Hayter. But in the meantime, Jamie wants to be a fighting champion. So she's going to take on Hikaru Shida. And you're like, okay, well then I know when Tony Storm gets back, she's going to want that rematch, you know, let's go Tony. But if you don't get that detail and then she just runs out, you're just like, oh, it's Tony Storm. And I think it's one of those things like uh, I work in software, Tim, as you know, to the listeners, I work for a software company. And it, one of the criticisms I always give our development team is uh, our customers don't know what you know. And this felt like one of those moments where Tony Khan knew, Tony Storm knew, Jamie Hayter knew, but the audience didn't know. So to them, they're like, huh? And to us, we're like, oh, okay. Right. And so that's where it kind of was a dud for me. Yeah, I agree with that. But man, that was AEW Dynamite. So many one-liners, such hard-hitting action. The women main eventing. Ricky Starks and the air fryer. Stokely Hathaway. And the raggedy bitch. <laughs> Rick Ross. You a big motherfucker. The cinder block. Yeah. The elite death triangle. FTR losing wasn't even the biggest thing to come out of this show. I mean, incredible. Top to bottom. Love yeah, this episode. Great, of great episode. Dynamite. I loved it. It was fun. Absolutely. Now, AEW has been our favorite show for a long time, but there are some changes a coming, it sounds. Yeah, so let's get into it. So, what about that transition, interview? motherfucker? Your transition is great. Oh, come well, on. You always, <laughs> do great. you always do great. Yeah. yeah, that's like saying the sun comes out. In July. Okay, all right. No, okay. no. Hey, Patrick Mahomes threw a touchdown. Yeah, right. Fuck yeah. Right. Yeah. You do this. Yeah. Uh, so, Tony Khan uh, confirmed in an interview. Uh, that starting in 2023, so one more show, and then 2023 is here, which tells you how fast time is going by, that we are getting a drastically new presentation of AEW, both Dynamite and Rampage. So he told TV Insider, he says, quote, I don't want to let the cat out of the bag necessarily, especially so close to the big day, but at the start of 2023, we're going to open the year on Wednesday, January 4th with the first Dynamite in Seattle, marking a full year of Dynamite on TBS, 
will definitely have a new look to say the least. I'm excited about it. Yeah. Then he goes on to say the look of rampage will also be different. This will affect the way people view AEW on Wednesdays and Fridays in terms of presentation with set and the show with the same great action. Yeah. So Tim, what does that mean to you? So, I mean, the easy answer and, and what is the most probable answer is they're going to have a new set. They're going to have some new graphics. They're going to have some new music. And that's why Rampage will also look different because they tape Rampage at the Dynamites. So that makes sense. Um, we've hit on this, and I forget the gentleman's name, but basically the heir apparent to Kevin Dunn's job in WWE got tired of waiting for Kevin Dunn's job to open up and got hired by AEW. And we've said it a thousand times, probably legit a thousand times. There needs to be no new hires in front of the camera at AEW. They needed to be behind the camera. And boy, it sounds like they hit a home run hire behind the camera at about the highest position you could to make a difference. And we're excited to see how that goes. Um, and surely that means we're going to get a whole bunch of holographic entrances, right? I think what we're <laughs> going to get is things that we kind of liked that they've touched on a little bit. For example, like you said, the, the moving graphics, right? Hangman has the title over his pick. MJF shows off the ring. I think we're going to get more of that stuff. I think hopefully we get a, my, my favorite. And maybe because there are also wrestling fans, Tony Khan, the elite, all of the decision makers are also wrestling fans of a certain era. I'm hoping we get a little bit more chaos. Mm -hmm. I think that was, you know, the attitude era is what everyone says was the best. Even some people say a ruthless aggression, but what both shows had was, Oh fuck. What's going to happen next. Right. Cause for as much as we like to say the attitude era was the craziest time period of all Eric Bischoff had hot lesbian action. Like let's not forget that was in the, ruthless aggression era right yeah and so i think what both of those time periods that we look back so fondly on had was the are you fucking serious for example last night's episode Push a the cinder block yeah. the fucking guy kicked a cinder block through someone's chest i think that's where we're gonna go so hopefully the music then is a little bit more da -da -da -da, you rougher. know not necessarily right. yeah not rock necessarily you don't right. have to go rock Just a little rougher yeah, a little gritty. More in your, yeah, like this isn't for an eight-year-old. Okay, so fucking get them out of here. We're looking for fifteen-year-olds to buy Omega yeah, three seven eight o'clock on prime time. You know what I mean? Like let's yeah. fucking yeah, the adults are in the room. And the the guy you're looking kind of. for uh, was Mike Mansuri. Ah, yes. that's his name. Yeah, nailed it. Which I haven't got to it yet, but I've read a couple quotes. He did an interview with Renee Paquette on her podcast heard it's a good listen so i'm gonna listen to that tomorrow on okay my day off so yeah i'm hoping for in your face not hey. not not how to say this you don't not need jerry women, springer yeah not jerry springer but women that maybe are proud of their sexuality men that maybe are proud of proud their, their sexuality, sexuality right like the Effie, right? Effie yes. is the, the vibe I'm yeah. hoping they're going A little for. more realistic grit, as I said earlier, right? Like mm -hmm. a little more swag, a little more realistic flavor to these folks. Yes, I agree. And this hire, man, this would have been 
uh, probably on both of our Dear Santa lists. One, two, if, and three. If it wasn't already coming. Like, we already – so we got lucky there, right? Yeah. I'm excited. I think I asked for that last year. You so might have. Yeah, you, you might have. Yeah, yeah thanks, thanks, Santa. Santa. <laughs> yeah. All right, so we're going to do Dear Santa. Dear Santa 2022. This is our – like a 19th year or something to do in this episode of the show. 32nd, I think. And we, we always do this. We each ask for three things for Santa for wrestling Christmas. So if you'd like to play along, hit us up on the Twitter hashtag tweet the table, send us an email table show at gmail.com. Tell us what things you would want from wrestling Santa. Also join us on TikTok at Spanish announce table. If you'd like to get involved in the show, there might be a way in the future on TikTok. more to come on that later. Uh, but follow us on there at Spanish announce table and tell us what your, wish list to santa would be for wrestling christmas tom what's first on your list for santa well so it deals with this gentleman i'm about to speak about but uh i like to just peruse the twitter the facebook the youtube as we're recording because you never know one time we reported on the in real time finding out that ultimate warrior passed away so you will hear those things sometimes on our show Daniel Bryan joining uh, yeah, the Wyatt we were watching family. that live as we did, right? Watching that live mm-hmm. as well. That was another moment in our podcast history. God, that was a thing. Um, <laughs> but Eddie Kingston put out on Twitter not too long ago, more quote, more and more fuckboys are coming into hashtag AEW or at AEW. I don't know what that means. Hold on. Eddie Kingston going on a crusade against fuck boys would be a great storyline, right? He's going after the Ethan pages. He's going after even the, the Ricky Starks is the Sammy Guevara's right? Like all the fuck boys. They don't even have to be a fuck boy. He just has to think they're a fuck boy. Yeah. <laughs> and, so and maybe, maybe it. we get a revisit of Eddie Kingston addresses his enemies, which wasn't one Remember, person. Like everyone hates Chris. We need Eddie hates everyone. Yeah. Well, do you remember the Eddie Kingston addresses enemies and the first person he talked about was God? Yeah. He went up. <laughs> Great. That was before Miro. Yes. But my first, so getting back on track. That my be a first, shirt. Eddie hates everyone. Just like. Oh, that would be awesome. Yeah. Uh, my first Santa wish that I've got for 2023. Santa, I wish that as mentioned, Eddie Kingston this summer and in a pay-per-view or AEW Dynamite special event, beats MJF to become the AEW World Heavyweight Championship. Ooh, Champion. The hot ask. I Santa. want that. And I, want, I don't want Eddie Kingston to beat Danielson. I don't want Eddie Kingston to beat Moxley. Which you want him to beat MJF. Cool. I want him, I want, I've talked about it in the past. I want my Ric Flair and MJF. And my Eddie Kingston, Dusty, Dusty Rhodes, Rhodes, and those two feuding for a long it. period of time with the payoff being. I wouldn't hate that. But we need that Eddie in like Kingston late summer. Because I want MJF to have a decent run. With this. That's but, what I'm saying. Summertime. Yeah. I don't want yeah, this yeah. to happen in February. This is I like August, September. Summer. July, August. Yeah. Somewhere in there. All out, right? September is all out. So somewhere in there. Ooh, that'd be a good spot. Good Eddie build Kingston for that. becomes your AEW champion, defeating MJ. Okay. I like it. I like it. All right. My first ask of Santa, my first wish on the list. Dear Santa, I really want 
professional wrestling fans to forget the words fight forever. That's what I want. I want you to forget those goddamn words because I'm tired of hearing that in every fucking match. We can't have that or else we wouldn't have a fucking show. Stop it. We get it. It's good, right? But like every match can't fight forever and that wouldn't be fun. Knock it off. I know you guys really want to chant something, but like that just like shows you don't have anything to chant at the moment. So I agree. Fucking wait. I I like the chant for this one reason. It makes me go back to one of my favorite matches of all time. Shinsuke Nakamura's debut in NXT mm-hmm. against Sami Zayn. So anytime I hear that, I instantly think of that. But I agree with you. When you're saying fight forever, you're just saying, I want to say something. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I, I want to say something. <laughs> yeah. So, I wanna, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Totally agree with you. Yeah. yeah. Please, Sam. Play it out. Let's but I do these like words the for at least a year. <laughs> I like yeah. it. All right. My second Santa wish. Dear Santa, mm-hmm. as we talked about, AEW is going to give you a new presentation of Dynamite on Wednesdays and Rampage on Fridays. So, dear Santa, I want two things here, kind of a one-two punch. First part of it, 1A or 2A. 2A. Mm-hmm. I want two hours of Rampage. For this reason, we talk about the stacked roster of AEW. However, if you looked at even last night's episode and I say, okay, we're going to put in an underutilized talent, i.e. Miro. What are you cutting from that episode? You're cutting... The women's match, you cut an FTR. So not to be bloated and say three hours of dynamite. Yeah. Saying two and two. Well, and that's the thing is like, look, we're wrestling fans. Not like we have anything else to do on Friday night. Like we're not going to go out and get laid. Like we're going to watch the fucking wrestling. (laughs) Not even that. It's, it's also, everything is on our, on our own time. Yeah. So if we want to watch it Saturday morning, we'll watch it Saturday morning. Yeah. Now here's to be a part of that. I want Rampage to be live, not in the same night as Dynamite. I don't want to see the same guy that has the sign that says uh, CM Punk's going to be back in September or whatever on both shows. Different city. Yeah. It could be the same city, but like, you know. Well, no, I just want different presentations. Yeah. I also want it live because even though the, the audience like yourself that will watch it Saturday morning, Sunday afternoon, whenever it is, it's a different feel. There's, there's a different feel. There's a different energy to the crowd, to the wrestlers. This is live. Anything could happen. Oh, my God. Rampage just does not have that. Nope. It feels. When it's recorded at the it's end. Best. It's recorded at the end of a dynamite where you're already like, ooh, we've been here three and a half hours now because yeah. of like dark well, and elevation and all that yeah. already. And even with that, like, you just don't get the well, genuine. And a lot of folks leave. Because of that, right? Like, and, and you would miss a lot of that by having it as a separate event that people were buying tickets to go to see specifically. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And and because again, the IWC is fuck boys that r- demand to eat each other alive and just ruin shit. You, you get rid of spoilers, right? Because so many other people will just be like, "Oh, Orange Cassidy loses to Hangman. I don't want to see it," and then they won't even watch. But then. If you just say the match tonight is Hangman versus Orange Cassidy, you're like, well, who the fuck would win at that? Right. And then you're watching. You know what I mean? So, yeah, I want it live, and I want it two hours. I like that. 
And along the same lines, right? We're getting this new presentation. We're getting this new look and feel to AEW. Uh, something else that will help. And this is, goes for WWE as well. WWE and AEW, Santa, I want more experienced professional screenwriters hired for storytelling continuity, right? Like map out some long-term storylines and fit your pieces to it instead of taking your pieces and going like, what would you guys like to do? What would you guys like to do over here? Let's build a few loose story arc storyboards here with some experienced storytellers for the screen. Please, Santa. I would say that need to have a wrestling background. Yeah, it helps tremendously you if you have some yeah, wrestling background. Have, but there are wrestling fans out there that work in that industry. Right. You, you can't you have Major Bazden, though, out here doing no. PowerPoint presentations. No. And how you always solve that is maybe not everybody on those teams. Like, when you got a writing team on a show, there is, you know, I don't know, a fucking couple dozen motherfuckers sometimes. Um you definitely your like lead writers need to have been wrestling fans and need to know yeah. what's going on, right? Yeah. And somebody within the company who's a wrestler might still need to be in on that decision making. It's going to be different, but there also needs to be somebody to be like, okay, what's the rising action here? What's the conflict within X amount of time? We should be hitting this, or else this is falling flat. We're hitting a plateau, right? Like those tenets of storytelling and screenwriting that the wrestlers are missing. You need both. But I wouldn't say, like, wrestling's more important so you can just forget the storytelling. No, right? right? Like, you need that as well. And that's what we're missing, I think, on both sides of this, you know, U.S. divide in pro wrestling. Well, and New Japan, too. Yeah, well, I'm sure. Yeah, but I never really watched it, so I don't know. (laughs) But, yeah, just a little more of that, right? Like, who's thinking of what's the payoff? What's the plot? What's our eight-week timeline here? What are we getting to? How are we going to get there? What's the twist? What's the sudden action that that happens that kind of stuff i like it i like it all right here's my third and last one and this is probably the most far-fetched this is my christmas story bb gun ask of santa and i don't care fuck off i want it because i'm the viewer i don't work at the fucking aw i don't work at any of these wrestling companies i want to be entertained so god damn it give me at all out in Chicago, FTR and CM Punk versus the Elite. I want the madness. I want the chance. I want the fuck you, Punk. Let's go, CM Punk. Fuck the Elite. Can that Let's be the last elite. time we ever see CM Punk? Then I'm I'm down for it. Sure. <laughs> yeah, that, that needs to be. That needs CM to Punk's happen. retirement match. Let's do it. But like FTR. Yeah. The Young Bucks, they're one and one. Now we do a trios match with both tag teams. Kenny Omega, CM Punk. Who's the best wrestler in the world? That whole debate amongst nerds. All of it. Chicago, where it, is, where it has to happen. Can't be in Portland. Can't be in Kansas City. Can't be in New York. Has to be Chicago. Chicago proper. Not where we were at in the fucking industrial complex of Chicago. Like Chicago United Center. Fucking make it happen! That um, uh, okay. God, there's that nothing bigger than that. Yeah, I mean, it would be it would be all eyeballs on it. Fuck for the sure. Rock and oh, Roman sure. Reigns yeah. and all of the oh, Rock the is crowd would be out insane. And, yeah, yeah, the Rock of uh, splits two of his hamstrings because he doesn't have any lubrication because yeah. he's too much on the roids. Fuck out of here! 
So here's my third ask for Santa. And I'm just asking for a tweak. Just a small tweak, Santa. But I know I'm going to get roasted by the IWC nerds here. Because I'm asking for this small little tweak. Dear Santa, I want a tad less blood in wrestling right now. We're getting oh. a, we're getting a tad too bloody, a tad too fast in a tad too many matches. Every damn match, somebody's blading in the first two minutes, and it's pointless. It doesn't make sense anymore. It's not needed. It was great in the double dog collar match. Makes sense in that match, hundred percent. It's fucking everywhere now. We've gotten the Cody Rhodes like approach well. to wrestling almost across the board in wrestling matches anymore. And we need to dial it back a little bit. It's the same I thing would... you're saying. If I'm trying to show random wrestling fan, hey, watch this. If every match is fucking somebody's throat is slit in the first five minutes, it's hard to be like, all right, hold on. Just give it give it a moment, right? It's like, Jesus. It's like, guys, a little much. We don't got to go WWE and say no blood ever where we have a war games with no blood. But, like, we don't need blood in the first two minutes of every John Moxley match. <laughs> like, it doesn't have to happen. <laughs> Right? Like, at least wait 10 fucking minutes into the match. <laughs> like, come on, let's dial it back a little bit, Santa, please. Please, just a little bit. I told you, I'm, gonna get, I'm getting roasted by you already. <laughs> I'm going to get so many negative well, tweets on this. <laughs> I, I like blood for this reason. <laughs> I don't Twofold. hate blood. I'm just saying we're, right. we're doing it too much, too fast, too often right now. Yeah, I like it for two reasons. One, when it is the epic encounter yeah. between John Moxley and double dog uh, collar match kenny omega yeah, yeah. Or double dog collar match all of that stuff million percent but i also like it when as wrestlers are we can't stop this evolving their moves to the 630 yeah. double kick to the taint forehead stomp then that shit needs to have he's being impactful yeah true and but so that's, then you fucking, but maybe we dial that back too because like it's well, that same thing. It's like, hey, yeah. listen, if every move would concuss a guy, then these matches would be a lot shorter. We've got to dial right, back exactly. a little bit, yeah. But I, I do <laughs> agree. For example, a good, a good uh, call out for this would be the match that Moxley had on Rampage against yeah. the newest uh, uh, J- Japanese hire that they have. Yeah, that I Japanese forget his name. Wrestler. But He's yeah, he, they they bladed in like the first fucking second. I was like, so that's what like, I think where I came up with this. I was like, all right, it's time. Yeah, what, it's time what to what dial it back a little bit. Yeah. What do we do? Now here? I will say I would be okay with if no one bled except, except for John Moxley, right? Yeah. <laughs> then it's just yeah, it's what Moxley does. <laughs> that's what Moxley does. Yeah. Yeah. They're fucking wild. Um but I like that. I Cody, like Nick, that. and Mox. <laughs> They're just yeah. the Blood Brothers. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Fucking oh, I like Hepatitis it. X crew. <laughs> yeah. Hepatitis X stream. So, <laughs> so tell us what your Santa wish lists are for 2023 and wrestling Christmas, right? Like, what what do you want to see? What could Santa bring you that will just make wrestling even better, right? We'll just push it over the top. We want those to hear from you. Tableshow at gmail.com. Hashtag tweet the table on Twitter. At Spanish Announce Table on TikTok. Buy our shirt. Right? 20 bucks, you get a shirt. We get some money. We get a kickback. We get to, like, you know, pay our internet fees and all that jazz. Keep the lights on. And you also get a cool shirt that people are going to ask you about. 
There hasn't been a time that I've worn that shirt in public that someone hasn't asked me and said, what is that? Okay. So I've been shopping lately and I've got a Spanish Downs table hoodie. looks similar to this. And I forget that when you're not a wrestling fan, there's no context. This just says <laughs> Spanish announce table. And usually people don't even pay any mind except for when there's a Hispanic cashier. <laughs> I see them going, uh, like they're just looking and they're like you need a bag i'm like no no i'm good or, or like yeah that'll be fine or whatever and they're like all right uh, uh that'll be 42 fine. you know like whatever and i'm like and then i'm kind of like oh shit it was probably this <laughs> it's like oh yeah and like they want to ask but i think they're afraid to be like i don't think i need the answer to this question i don't need to know what his fucking shirt means get shirts while they last <laughs> the rebranding might be happening in 2023 yeah yeah well, yeah, it's the Hispanic cashiers that usually, like, they're not necessarily giving me the side of it. They're just kind of like, what could that fucking mean? <laughs> right? yeah. They're like, what is this guy? Is this guy being an asshole or what? <laughs> well, and always, and always use the description that it's, we're the table. Yeah, we are the table. We're, we're the table. Spanish table. <laughs> we're not the announcers. No. Yeah. Okay? <laughs> we're the table. Yeah. So that look, I will say, doing all my Christmas shopping, I've been wearing that because it's cold out here. It's cold out here in the yeah. Midwest, man. It's cold. And Oh, uh, I got a God. breezy minus five degrees right mm -mm, now. Mm -mm, mm -mm. Mm. Yeah, my windshield, I think, on my little weather station up there says it was negative 25 this morning. I was like, yep, not going out there. Staying inside Ooh. here, working on this show for y'all. So please hit us up, SpanishAnnounceTable.net. There's a PayPal link for donations, or you can use the Cash app at Spanish Announce Table. And with that, we're going to get out of here and just try to stay warm, I guess, yeah? The Spanish announce table.